Welcome to the Property Developers and Investors podcast, where we explore the detail of what it really takes to achieve great success in the business of property developments and investments. Now let's get into this week's episode. Embracing change. I mean, everything we're talking about this evening is about change. It's about being better tomorrow than you were yesterday. Um, and, and that requires yeah, an awful lot of understanding of the direction that you're going. Great quote here from Charles Darwin. It's not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It's the one that is most adaptable to change. We're seeing different asset classes come up. Um, we've got NFTs and digital asset classes, things changing, cryptocurrencies. There has never been more choice out there available. Now, we're not saying you should adopt that or not. You know, those, many of those things are, are certainly not in our, uh, even in our peripheral vision. Um, but adapting to change, you know, there, there is so much change out there. And we see that in property, whether that be the huge level of inflation, price hikes on material prices, uh, energy conundrum there that's changing some of the capital levels of investment of solar and batteries and things um so you can see you know em- embracing change you can either drive change or you can be affected by it you know and i know what i would like to do i'd much rather be the one at the tip of the arrow driving change and seeking opportunity from it than being the one in a paid role being um, you know, decimated when jobs come to an end. And I think there was that interesting study, Nigel, um, a few years ago now, um, that was something along the lines of, you know, the 80% of the jobs that will exist in 20 years' time haven't been invented yet, um, which just shows the spoils law, isn't it? The, just that huge um, you know, transformation that the world's going on. And we saw that with data centers and fiber optic network technology in the early to mid-90s. You know, it's only only 25 years ago now, 25, 30 years, and the change is just exponential. So I was very fortunate. Um, good friend of, uh, of mine lives local. Uh, Tamas called me a few weeks ago and said, oh, do you fancy popping over to the McLaren Technology Center at Woking? And uh, we're both Formula One buffs, so... Uh, yeah, it was um, yeah, real privilege to to be able to to go there, and Nigel and I, Nigel, I think you're you're one of the European Grand Prix in a few weeks' time, aren't you? Yes, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> real. Indeed. Indeed. We do like real, a bit of fun. Yeah, real passion to see these. But what was very clear in the way that McLaren had laid out the um the the cars and you see some of the cars there in the most iconic building here um was evolution the moment you walked in the door what you didn't see what you didn't see was the trophy cabinets the trophy cabinets were kind of way down the other end of the of the building and I've got to say, there's probably about 60 or 70 metres of trophy cabinets. But that's not the first thing you saw. In fact, it was the last thing you saw. That was a, con- a consequence, the trophy cabinets, of that constant evolution and change, starting with version one to get to version 10. We saw the lineup of all the history of the Formula One cars. 
right the way through from their founder decades ago through to Ayrton Senna's, through to some of the other uh, more recent McLarens, right the way up to um, Daniel Ricciardo's from uh, Monza um, last year and was there in the in the front lobby. So you could see that constant pers- pursuit of perfection, but the world's changing around. You know, rule changes, we've got engine changes in a couple of years' time. Um, we've got the new aerodynamics package uh, this year. So it was a real privilege to have that insight. And what we talk about in Ecker Academy time and time again is you've got to make a start. Nobody on our watch ever suffers from procrastination. You've got to start with version one to get to version 10, version 20, version 30. But it all starts from version one. Could be a slide deck, could be an investment memorandum, could be your strategy paper, could be your personal wealth dashboard. It doesn't matter what it is. You've just got to make a start. Give it a go and then come back to it a few days later, a few hours later, and then scrub it up for, for version two. Nigel, I think pretty much everything we've ever done has worked on this principle. It's never been bang on first time, has it? Absolutely. I mean, the, the Ecker IDA, you know, that's in version, what, 53 now. And we, we only started version control about two, three years ago. And it's been evolved over the last six, seven years. And it started with an Excel spreadsheet completely blank. Mm. <laughs> and I think one number was plugged in and that was the start wasn't it and you yeah. you allow these things to evolve it doesn't look quite right so you'll change this bit and you'll change that bit and you want that to be more you know more visual or user friendly so you'll change something else and you'll you'll eventually get it to exactly how you want it and and you you find progressively as you go through that process that the updates and changes become a lot less because what you're actually doing you're fine tuning yeah. And this is we started with this this point, didn't we? That it's it becomes your model, and um, you know, but just start. What 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 we've seen over the years, Mark, is um, you know the symptoms of trying to be perfect from the outset, and and the danger of that is that people don't start. You know, they don't start because they want to kind of get it all absolutely perfect and then go, but they've kind of missed the opportunity. It's past them. So it's sometimes a case of just, just getting in there and get, get going. And uh, definitely put it down, crash out those thoughts on paper and then move on. Clarity of vision, having a clear vision. When you've got a clear vision and you create that roadmap, the ability to get from where you are now to where you want to get to, maybe in a few leaps and bounds. Mm. It gives you that ability, that power to say no, to identify what are the distractions and what are the key steps that are going to take to get you to where you want to go. Um, This uh, gentleman here is called a sky runner. He's an ultramarathon runner, um, a guy called Killian Jornet. He's he's French, lives in the Alps. And I thought this quote here, when a person is sufficiently motivated, discipline takes care of itself. So if you combine Nigel's background in martial arts and that sheer unadulterated determination and uh, what Killian knew as where his goal, he will run 100 miles in about 12 hours. (laughs) It's quite incredible over that terrain as well. Unbelievable. Um, But that clarity of vision for all of us, sometimes quite difficult. Um, 
I would say probably, you know, 50% of uh, many of our mentees and masterminders, they start with us with without clarity of vision and that, not being judgmental. You know, sometimes they've got a vision which might be somebody else's vision that they thought might be a good idea. But as we unravel it and dissect it and put it all back together again, sometimes the vision starts to change. Um, certainly the roadmap and the tactics and the strategy, um, they certainly can can change. Now, this is a time anyone with a foot fetish, you're going to love this. Um, but knowing that yeah, Nigel's about to excuse himself, um, knowing when ne- you know never to stop when you set a vision. I, I did this in 2011. This is the Marathon de Saab in the Moroccan Sahara, and there's there's half a dozen lessons I learned from my years of, of ultra marathon running. Where setting, you know, for me they were incredible distances and incredible challenges, and just dialing into. You know, moving away from the glamour, I've done the London Marathon. It was great, lovely, and a you know, wonderful environment. But most of my finishing lines were generally between you know, two or three in the morning, two flags in the middle of a desolated field, deserted field. Um, you know, it was just that quiet contemplation of just achieving what you set out to achieve. And I think many of the people I meet, they they actually enjoy that quiet contemplation rather than the the rah, rah, rah of, of social media. So here's six lessons from ultramarathon running. Never underestimate the power, awesome power of the mind and the body. Train your body, train your mind, put them together. Wow. I mean, it's just incredible what can be achieved. I mean, you can see my feet, there are absolute bits, skin hanging off them, but something enables you to stick your socks on the next morning, stuff them into your trainers, and you know, for the first hour, two hours, actually, they're feeling quite numb. But gradually, the numbness subsides a bit, and uh, and you can grind out another thirty or forty miles uh, of running. That consistency, having great daily habits, training yourself. Nigel didn't get to that level of martial arts, competing all around the world. I'm sure without having that discipline of great habits. Um, and that was the same same for me. It's the same for both of us in business, in everything we do, setting big goals, you know, not having that abundance mindset rather than a scarcity mindset. Yes, we can, pushing ourselves. It doesn't mean the projects have to be massive. It might be each project is small, but we just do lots of them, keep them all under control. It's all about making sure you operate in the risk environment that you're uh, I'm going to say comfortable with, but sometimes we like to live just outside of that comfort zone because that's what pushes us um, and enables us to grow and experience new feelings, learn new skills, meet new people. The fuel of using positive thoughts. And this is up here. The mind can play games on you. When you've been running for 17 hours nonstop in you know, 40, 50-degree heat, your whole body just wants to lie down and go to sleep under a rock. Um, but something, something just triggers. Um, and you'll have seen this, many of you. You'll have been through tough times. It could be the loss of a loved one or personal circumstances. We know a lot of people have served... Um, with the, with the armed forces, men and women around the world, been through some incredibly complex, awful situations. Um, 
but you find a way of turning the negatives into positives and having that glass half full uh, approach. And it's amazing what can be truly achieved. You've got to know what direction you're traveling in. So you've got to have that vision, that clarity. No point in running fast if you're going in the wrong direction. Um, and having a great torch, you know, having a great compass, knowing you're not going to bump into things along the way as well. You know, that, the power of anticipation, okay, really, re- really important. And it's a fundamental of, of what we what we teach and go through in, in property development as well. And never ever stop. Keep that momentum, that learning. You know, the, the only tough day was was uh, is tomorrow, as, as the SEALs uh, talk about. You know, it's things do get progressively easier over time because your your repertoire, your knowledge, and your thirst uh, Im- improves. And we're talking at a pretty extreme here at, you know, multiple black belts in martial arts or ultramarathon ru- running. But that, that consistency, that commitment to long-term improvement of progression, learning, and, uh, and of personal growth. But when you get there, there's no pain at that finishing line. You know, that was five or six days, um, but the training was you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight months. Um, and we can translate that into our business environment as well. You know, that sweet taste of success. But also when things haven't gone quite as well, we can be grateful for that as well. Actually, it wasn't a disaster. We didn't lose a shirt off our back. We got a reasonable outcome. Everybody was happy. And we've got some precious learning to feed back into the next reiteration, as Nigel said, the next version of our of our model. And the humility allows us to absorb. We're like a sponge, always being humble. It's the opposite to being complacent and arrogant. Um President Truman said, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit. That humility will take knowledge and learning from every scenario, every conversation. We've just got our ears pinned back for that next little bit of knowledge, which will help us adjust and and move to the next level of performance. And that's an analogy. You'll see a common theme of Formula One in many of our slides. It's that high-performance culture. So just a, a heads up, um, 29th and 30th of June, we've got our brand new masterclass, How to Build Wealth Through Property, and lots of case studies we'll be going through there. Um, we're moving a bit north. You know, we're both based in, uh, well, one in Nigel's in Essex, I'm in, I'm sorry, but we'll be at the East Midlands Conference Centre in Nottingham. Doesn't get more central in the country than, than Nottingham. Great um, uh, highway links there. So how to build how to build wealth through property. Two day program there for you live with us uh, in the room, and we're going to be taking you through the fundamentals of building consistent wealth and the management of that um, through property. And we'll take you through these various stages of mindset and focus, and helping you create that fundamental strategy and model for you, those foundation strategies. We're then going to take you through cash flow, creating that cash flow. There's no point in doing a two-year development if you go skinned halfway through. So it's how you bring that, that those streams of income there, the cash flow and the methodology um, to suit you, your family, your risk profile and your resources. There are 11 types of leverage and how to work smarter 
and we deploy pretty much every one of those forms of leverage, and we're going to be teaching you how to bring those, including funding, uh, to bear um, at the level required to deploy your strategy and your division, your, your vision. How to build assets, the whole end-to-end process of constructing and delivering assets. That could be assets, business assets. It could be property assets. Let's face it, not many of us are putting property into our own name. So if you're in property, you're in business. And having the business acumen here is going to be fundamental, and we'll teach you that. It's going to be workshop-based as well, case studies. It's going to be we're going to be really fine-tuning with you so you leave with clear plan and vision and inspiration to take you to that next stage. Also, once you've created a journey to creating the asset um, and the wealth, looking at how you protect that wealth as well. That's fundamental because we want to build on that. And then that consistent performance measurement and scaling to the next level, whatever level that is. And we know many people, many of our mentees are not, not doing huge things. They're just doing the consistent basics. Could be a buy-to-let every three or four months. Imagine what that would be to you in two to three years' time. You know, we've got other mentees who are doing multi-million pound deals, and that's great. But it's just a, creating the strategy at a level that works for you. And in the middle evening, we've got a complimentary evening meal, which is always good fun. Um, lots of time to meet Nigel, meet myself, um, network with fellow mentees, masterminders, um, and uh, uh, and the consistent subjects. We'll be doing a, a few talks as well during the evening on building wealth and, and mindset. And you might meet some of our professional team there as well. So in addition, you'll also get a one-to-one personal strategy call with Nigel or myself after we finish the two days, so a follow-up, because we we want you to keep that momentum. We don't want two days and then you think, well, what do I do the next morning? So um, you also meet our team, have access, and we've got lots of other bonuses which we'll, we'll leave with you as well to help you really you know, turbocharge your journey some books as well that you can have as well to continue to feed your journey. So there we go. Um, nice early bird offer there for you. Two days with us, and that includes the evening meal as well. Um, there's a QR code. Take a picture of that. We'll go to ecoacademy.co.uk. So number seven, and we've only got three more left now, so we're almost there. Know your economic equation really important. It's the economic equation that works for you. And this is ours. We thought, what better way? Let's open the kimono and show you how uh, how, how we look at uh, our economic equation. You might do it in a spreadsheet. We like to draw a bit of a picture and a flow. So it creates that circular economy for us. So it starts with the first asset. We want to put the asset number one in the right structure. We want to create the right asset cash flow. We want to create the right tax efficiency. And by doing that, we've established a SaaS. That's right for us. It may not be right for you, but it's certainly right for us. Um, And within the SaaS, we can either buy commercial property and third-party loans. And with the other 50%, we can do loan backs. Creates that lowest weighted average cost of capital. So we can do loan backs, which brings the low cost of capital 
to enable us to do the next deal, which creates scale to do the second, the third, the fourth. Can you see a model evolving here? Structure, cash flow, tax efficiency, low cost capital, go again, go again, go again. In three years' time, we might refinance, release some additional capital and add three more as a block. It gives us lots of options there. So that's our economic equation. We'll help you work out what yours is. That's what we do. That's what we do in Mastermind. That's what we do with our one-to-one mentees. And that's what will also help you make a big start in on the two-day program. And summary, really, in terms of buy-to-lets, you know, if you if you look at what we do, you'll see we do very large developments. But what we do is we create buy-to-lets. We might do 53 at a time or 20 at a time. Um, quite often, we just do one, two, or three at a time. We did a review on one of our assets this afternoon, Nigel, didn't we? Um, we've got three apartments in a company. And it's lovely. It creates a, an income stream there. It's very tax efficient. It came from a small commercial conversion involving our SaaS. So creating those buy-to-lets, those boring vanilla assets that just are perpetually give. It's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it, over the years? <laughs> it is, absolutely. And, you know, we can, yes, we, yes, we do create, create our buy-to-lets in uh, scale, <clears throat> but... You know, and, and sometimes we sell. You know, historically we've we've sold developments, and um, but I think if you were to track the cash uh, proceeds from those sales, you'll probably find that it, it ended up in a, a three-bedroom house along the way. So it's you know it's always ending up at that asset class. Very clear what we want to do. It's you know it's just a means to an end essentially. But um, but again, equally we we like the kind of mixed portfolio as well. So. You know, we, we might hold some, we might sell some, we might sell it all, we might hold it all. It's it's very much dependent on really the uh, the focus and the strategy at that point, uh, what we do. You know, we'll, we'll test the market. Is the market buoyant at the time? Um, if it isn't, we'll be we'll be considering swapping over onto refinance and hold maybe because the, maybe the, you know, the rental market is, is buoyant. Um, and, you know, sometimes we swap back again, but it's having the assets gives you the options. Because you know we know that if if we um, you know we create um, a, a volume play uh, through commercial, let's say conversions or new builds, um, at some point we can do something with it. Initially, it might be you know we hold, we refinance, and we hold it for the long term. But if we so chose in two or three years' time to sell a couple, well, we, we've got the assets, so we can sell them. You know, it's that is that scenario really. So as I say, wherever, whatever happens, it always ends up generally at um, that three-bedroom house analogy for for Mark and I. Yeah. I love this one. And we're pretty good at challenging tradition. Now, this isn't our own hallway. Um, (laughs) I saw this picture the other day and like challenging tradition. Yeah, you have to walk up the stairs, but who says you have to walk down a set of stairs? And uh, not many of us have got a hallway large enough to fit a slide there. But um, yeah, with a, with a bit of humour there, challenging tradition is something that we've done for many years and, and we had to up our game in 2014. We decided to leave very highly paid uh, executive roles in, in corporate life and we knew that we needed to make 
significant changes there. We'd, we'd set a good path, but in doing that, we wanted to reclaim that time, work from home, massive impact on family life positively, but clearly there's some adjustment there. SAS pensions. We were both in our mid-40s, and we wanted to take control of our pensions. Now, that's not a conversation that happens every day, or, or certainly didn't before we... I think we played quite a key part in bringing SAS to, to general public's uh, knowledge, but we did that because we wanted to become better SAS trustees as well. And what better way than, you know, to, revealing how we went through a journey? Um, and uh, but we really pushed ourselves out of our comfort zone to work out: were we the safe custodians of our own pensions? How could we do it legally with great? governance and compliance. Um, how could we value our time? You know, we wanted to take control of our pension, but we didn't want to create a full-time job doing that either. The complete end-to-end tax transformation of all of our financial affairs, to put it quite bluntly. Um, previously, it was great getting a pay rise, you know, getting a promotion, getting a pay rise, getting a bonus, feeding that into property assets. Now, it's about looking at the ones we love, looking at our family, our, our children, looking at salary, tax efficiency, dividends, directors, loans, all this structuring. And in most cases, that has brought much of our in, our personal uh, salaries right down from a tax efficiency perspective. So it's about putting it into practice, setting very ambitious goals and then breaking it all down and building the plan back up. And we use our personal wealth dashboard. We use great professionals, tax advisors, accountants uh, to do that as well. And it gives us the ability to give back. And that's really important. So that circular economy enabled us to take our old pensions, transfer into a SaaS, and this is an example of Portal Precinct that we uh, used our SaaS to acquire Portal Precinct. And in doing that, just that effect on my personal pension took me 24 years to grow that pension. And in 24 months, we doubled the value of that pension. That's the, the impact it can potentially have if you've got the right knowledge and acumen. And imagine doing a second and a third and a fourth and replicating that enables you to then create more tax efficiency because you might not do all of these in your SaaS and enables you then to put more contributions into your SaaS and the circular economy keeps on going. And by circular economy, we're talking about little or no leakage of fees and, and, and tax. Just give you an idea. These are the things that, that we do. You know about the two-day course, um, but we also do a monthly mastermind and we also do one-to-one -one, uh, mentorship in business and in property. So if they're in, of interest, then uh, just go to equoacademy.co.uk and you'll find out more information there. So we're also contrarian as well. And part of our giving back, we recognise as developers on our larger scheme. I mean, this one here is a development of 53 units. And we pulled out about three to 4,000 hypodermic needles out of this building. And we can give ourselves a happy slap on the back to say how we 
completely transform this building, which is now complete, um, into 53 beautiful apartments. But we, we took a pause for thought and looked ourselves hard in the mirror and said, okay, well, that, that's great. But what have we done for the, the deep systemic societal issues here? You know, the habitual drug taking, uh, abuse, overnight sleeping. We've basically just shifted it down the road, kicked the can down the road for somebody else to deal with. So we set out to invest in another company which akin to, I guess, Nigel, akin to carbon offsetting in some respects. You know, people still fly on the airline, but go and plant a few trees as well. Well, this is our equivalent of that. We invested in Cornerstone Place, which its vision is to help alleviate street homelessness by 2030. And in doing that, we're focused on achieving in the next 10 years over 4 million homeless bed nights. In achieving that, and we will achieve that, we'll work, we're ahead of target in achieving it, we'll save the taxpayer $32 million a year, every year, for decades to come. The tax savings here will be enough to employ 425 nurses, 200 firefighters, and 200 police, and 245 social workers. And these numbers are underpinned by government statistics and also an independently produced PwC report, which indicates the cost of homelessness to society is about £27,500 per annum. But let's not forget, we've put things in financial terms here. We're talking about mums, dads, kids on the street, deep societal issues, family breakups, um, you know, this doesn't get any more personal than that. Um, so we're hugely proud to work with Cornerstone Place. Um, but that's that deep, critical thinking. And it's an absolute joy to work with uh, David Ball and Richard Kennedy in, in such a, a phenomenal business. And that's where we spend a lot of our time, Nigel, isn't it? We maybe don't talk about it very often, but having respect for our time and making sure we can create the most amount of impact with that time, because it, it is the single most scarce commodity that we have. It is, it is. And, you know, in terms of the, um, the business mentorships that we, um, you know, we, we, we look at and support people in, and indeed our, our own businesses where we've invested, such as Cornerstone Place, I think there's a, there's a true pleasure really for us to, you know, there's, there's individuals there that are, you know, Monday to Monday to Friday in the business, um, but it just enables us to kind of have a, an overview and just pick up a few key points that could be fundamental to the direction of that business, or you know, hugely impactful. And I, and I think that's that's just great to have that that dynamic between the, the two of us and 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 the likes of the the directors that are on the business all the time, and it just works really well, doesn't it? Just works really well, and you know that that way we can we can help more businesses as well because you know we've we 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 kind of meet once a week, let's say you know for an hour just have a business review and these sorts of things. But there's a lot of those business reviews you can do every week, certainly from our, our perspective. And uh, you know we just just love to see people grow and accelerate through their uh, their growth 
strategy and um, get to the goals that they want to to achieve ultimately. So it's um, yeah, it's a real pleasure. Yeah, and that's probably something that you've learned this evening. Hopefully, you've learned uh, an awful lot. That we are business investors. We 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 do become directors and shareholders of businesses. So if you have a business that uh, may not be property related that you feel could benefit from our combined knowledge and experience over the years, drop us a line. It's worth a chat, isn't it? Um, more than happy to explore um, some options. But that's that's time. We wanted to put that last, but it, it really is a robust analysis of the time, that return on time employed or return on time uh, invested, and and the leverage. I mentioned 11 forms of, of leverage um, that we deploy on a, a very regular basis. Um, and they're embedded in each and every one of our, our strategy. So the personal transformation that we've come along over 30 years, we've condensed into nine principles uh, this evening. There are, of course, there are many more. And the more you get to get to know us, um, the more we'll be able to share those with you. And, and maybe we'll learn some more as well. You know, it's a phenomenal community that within ECRA Academy that that just keeps on giving. And this personal transformation, we've seen at first hand where procrastination can turn into that guided action. The self-doubt becomes that deep inner belief. The lack of confidence just turns into radiating confidence. You can just see it in people's eyes, in their skin, in their mannerisms. Um, The random effort, not quite knowing where you're trying to put your effort into clarity, a roadmap where you've precision engineered application of your scarce resources to hit that defined outcome. No funding to actually having a process to secure all the funding you'll need to achieve your specific outcomes. Moving from a place of can't find any deals to abundant deal flow. And turning from a follower into a leader, a leader of you, a leader of your family unit, a leader of your friendship group, and leading yourself to achieving that vision and achieving the outcomes you want. So for us, Nigel, I think that's as close as we could pack in and and hopefully some anecdotes and stories from some of which, you know, I've heard for the first time from you and, uh, you know, it's great to to share those. But, you know, we, we do this reasonably regularly now. Um, we love sharing. We've been doing this for nine, 1998 was when we first started mentoring people in, in teams. So if you're interested in coming to join us on our uh, uh, Wealth Through Property program, two-day program up in Nottingham, Um, on the 29th and 30th of June, you've got two options here. The left-hand QR code, um, you can go and book directly now if you've made your mind up. We'd love to see you there. But if you'd like to call maybe the two-day program, you want to know a little bit more about it, or maybe mastermind or or indeed one-to-one mentorship. If you're uh, interested in those two, then... um, let us know and, and book a call directly with me. I freed up some time in my diary over the coming days, and I'll spend some time with you, have a, have a chat, and see where we go from there. Nigel, have we got any uh, any questions there? Um, 
hopefully we've covered a few. I've seen a couple pop up, but um, tried to answer them along the way. Yeah, I think I think we've pretty covered off actually um, in terms of all the points. And thank you for the lovely comments. That that really is uh, really is appreciated and appreciate people have got to pop off as well. You know, put the kids to bed and all the rest of it. So yeah, it's just been fab. And it's it's been a good good session. Really enjoyed it, Mark. And hopefully everybody else has as well. And I, I just I was reflecting actually, and um, um, you know the uh, <laughs> that comment <laughs> slide three. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say it, but uh, you know that that slide three comment. And I remember that individual that said that um, also said something to me as well, which stuck with me. And uh, it was when we were going through a, a few tough projects, you know, the timescales you can imagine in kind of connectivity and infrastructure. There's very, very tight di- uh, deadlines and stuff happens and, you know, under under lots of pressure. And the individual said to me, he said, you know, we were, it's very easy to get into a blame culture. Oh, I can't do it because of him. I can't do it because of him. And he, he said, Nigel, look, at the end of the day, there's, there's one person responsible and it's the person that you look at in the mirror every morning and that's the person that can change your life. So, and I, I hold that every, every day when I look in the mirror to have a shave or whatever it is. And it, it's like, yeah, it's time to get connected and get going because there's nobody else going to save you out there is there ultimately. And, you know, this is, this is family and, and fortune and legacy at stake. So it's, it's really important to get going. Definitely. Well, look, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for your feedback. If you could just pop some feedback in the in the chat box there, I'll just leave it open for uh, just for one more minute. But um, thank you for investing you know, an hour, hour and a quarter of your, your time with us, and I'm sure it will pay a very handsome reward for you. And Nigel and I both look forward to working with, with many of you, hopefully most of you. Uh, in the days, weeks and months ahead. So enjoy your journey, your strategy, and we look forward to the future together. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you would like more inspiration, why not join our Facebook group, Property Developers and Investors, or visit our website, www.equaacademy.co.uk.